0: The Apostle Paul stated to Timothy at the end of 2 Timothy 4, be sure to bring the code I left at Carpus and bring my books and especially my papers. On this episode of Keeping It Real, it's part two of my interview with Frank Viola, the author of many powerful books, including his newly released book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. Now, I've been clear on this podcast that there's no piece of writing that can change a person's heart and life like the divinely inspired Word of God, known as the bible can but there are books that the lord can use and has used to tremendously impact people as well 48 laws of spiritual power is such a book if you missed part one of my interview with frank i greatly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode but stay tuned as part two begins now welcome to the keep it Real podcast only tired of fake stuff Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie Gee. Um, the 13th spiritual law of the book mm-hmm. uh, says, Be a reservoir, not a canal. I greatly enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. This one mostly relates to people who preach and teach. Yes. However, can you explain the difference between the two? being a reservoir versus being a canal
1: Yes well I got the initial language from this I borrowed it from Bernard 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 of Clairvoy Clairvaux Let me say that again. I can't speak English, folks. (laughs) Bernard of Clairvaux. And uh, some people call him St. Bernard, but you don't want to do that because that's the name of a dog. Um, I don't think (laughs) Mr. Bernard would uh, appreciate that. Anyway, he said basically that. I never met
0: him and don't know him, but I would imagine not. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) He said the man who is wise will see his life is more like a reservoir than a canal. The canal pours out what it receives immediately. The reservoir retains the water until it is filled, and then it discharges the overflow without loss to itself. And so, uh, and I quote him in the book, by the way, uh, saying that very thing, just slightly different. But the disease of being more ready to speak than to listen, the disease of wanting to minister and teach uh, over against receiving and learning and experiencing it before you teach it to other people uh, is, is basically pandemic uh, among ministers, you know, pastors, teachers, preachers, etc. Pandemic,
0: the word that everybody's familiar with now these days.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, It's, it's a virus. Hmm. And If you think about a canal, a canal is always in a rush. It gives out as soon as it receives. There's no time to experience what it's receiving, what it's discovering before it dishes it out. And so the chapter is really about learning how to experience from the Lord whatever the Lord has given you in whatever way before you turn around and preach it before you turn around and teach it before you turn around and in effect dish it out to other people uh i make a statement in the book preaching is like cooking so you want to taste test and prove it in your own life before you preach it to other people Um, and so you know most ministers today that i have known are not good at this in fact it's not even on their radar if they're reading the Bible, if they're listening to someone else preach or teach, if they are uh, reading a book, the the mindset uh, that's in most minds of, of ministers is, will this preach? Yeah. Where can I preach this? Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, how can I experience this myself? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, ministry of real impact that bears fruit, comes out of a person who has received and experienced for a time what they have learned before they turn around and share it with someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good word, Frank, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think that gets produced from, you say, a lot of ministers and and pastors uh, don't get it, or don't get that, uh, I think it, would it be fair to say it comes out in their preaching, it comes out in their teaching, would it not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, a Christian who is discerning will know if what they're hearing is life or not. If it's just dead knowledge, or if it's living. Um, those who don't have discernment, you know, they'll just get jazzed about it because it might be new to them, or it's a different way of looking at it, but. You can have innovative ideas and present uh, concepts from Scripture uh, that are interesting, but there's no life behind it. Right, right. right. And and it's the life that makes a change in people's hearts and in their spirits.
0: Yeah, and Jesus uh, is the one that came and said, I've come to give you life and have it to the full or to have it more abundantly, as another translation says. And he even went off. The Lord Jesus himself went off to quiet places to get with his father, to spend time in prayer. But also, I believe that there was a great amount of purpose in it. And that is to continually have his own reservoir filled up, yes. overflowing, so that when it was That's time right. to minister again, he was bringing it. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't watered down. It wasn't diluted. I've heard you use the word diluted a lot, which I am definite, in definite agreement with, which what, what is happening nowadays a lot. Mm. Um, he brought life. And it, it was, I think, so captivating for people that were willing to just go far and wide or to go through extraordinary circumstances to meet him in their time of need. Out of the 48 spiritual laws, can you name, let's say three, can you name three that have been the most challenging to you personally?
1: Yes. um, Overcome discouragement law number eight has come out of real challenge and struggle. Hmm. Uh, One of the most helpful things I learned about that particular law is you and I, especially if we're in ministry of any kind and we're serving the Lord, okay, right. actively serving him, we're going to experience discouragement. It's not going to go away, but we have to learn to dance with it and we can learn to dance with it and overcome it in the moment. Mm. So that would be one of them. Uh, and in that chapter, I talk about various ways that I myself over- overcome discouragement when it comes knocking on my door. Um, another one that's been challenging is lower your expectations, law number eleven uh and the reason for that is because you know it's it's not difficult for me to lower my expectations when it comes to God's people in general mm. but when it comes to peers or when it comes to people who I perceive to be spiritual equals uh I do struggle with lowering my expectations because, there are certain things i expect of them <laughs> mm-hmm. um just on a on a relational uh, level you know that that ought to be that just aren't right uh, in many many cases not always obviously and so that's a that's a struggle so i have to remind myself it doesn't matter who it is lower my expectations and i talk about why we ought to lower our expectations in in that chapter and then the last one uh it's a struggle only because it's hard to find people who are willing to do this. Uh, my heart is wide open. I have a great desire. I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later when we get into uh, uh, teams of, of people in ministry working together. Right. But it's law number 33. It's called embrace coworking. Mm. And not only is the principle of co-working all over the new Testament, Uh, in bold relief. You cannot miss it. It's also deep within my own DNA. You know, I'm wired to co-work. The struggle comes in the fact that most of my peers are completely disinterested in co-working with anybody. Hmm. They would prefer to be solo artists Hmm. rather than members of a band. (laughs) And there are reasons for that, and I go into it in the book, but uh I really, really hope that changes with with uh with a number of them, because boy, the kingdom of God would advance so further out. Um, it would reach so many more hmm. people, it would become so much larger if the principle of co working would be embraced.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord, brother. And uh I want to definitely mention, because you mentioned the kingdom of God uh, there in that answer, and you've mentioned it at other times here. I definitely want to uh, put a plug in to uh, to your uh, work, uh, Insurgents Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom. Uh, it's a book that you have oftentimes stated is your greatest contribution of all of your works. I mean, all of your works are dynamite. But that one, if there is one that probably stands out, it could very well be that one. And mm. again, the chapters are short. It's as simple. It's it's an easier read than most books, uh, mm. just for that fact. Um, but rec- Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, as I mentioned earlier, I've listened to the podcast, some of the episodes more than once,
1: mm.
0: and it is just earthly it is heart shattering to, mm. to be exposed to the content of that book and that podcast. And so when you talk about co-laboring for the gospel of the kingdom, that is, I, I'm, I'm right on cue with that brother. I mean, you're, mm. I mean, it's, it, but it, I also agree in what you said. It's such a hard thing to come by because as you cited, people are looking to do their solo thing, but also may I, at least with with the very, you know, limited experience that I have, um, is a lot of Christians are comfortable with where they are. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to take the chance to get rub shoulders with someone else to really exhaust themselves in prayer on how God has actually called us to co-labor. Right, And instead, they're comfortable with, you know, their their rituals of week to week, what they've known for so long. I I mean, would that be fair to say that there's so many Christians that are that it's it is such a hard thing to break. Old habits are hard to break. Right. And -hmm. especially if there's an emotional attachment to them. You know, whether if it's the things that you cited in your early works, as I've mentioned in Pagan Christianity and Reimagining Church, or whether if it's in the principles found from Eternity to Here or uh, in in another fairly recent work, uh, Hang On, Let Go, which I enjoyed that read tremendously, or even in this book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power, people are still comfortable with where they've been and where they are.
1: Yeah, no, I think that would mark probably the majority of the Christian faith. It it really takes uh something uh of the Lord to shake somebody up mm-hmm. and make them desperate and kind of show their spiritual poverty. I'm I'm giving firsthand testimony. This is what happened to me. Yeah. I got very comfortable in the various denominations for a time that I was a part of movements, parachurch organizations, you name it, I was a part of it at some point. Mm-hmm. And and I was a young I was a young person. I was a young man.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know what it was, but through the Lord's working, I always had this hunger and drive, this 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 um thirst and this inward knowledge that there had to be more. Mm. And um and I have met many christians where that's not there um either through uh the fact that maybe that's their wiring or uh maybe the cost is too high maybe god has not shaken them up through their circumstances enough where they say i am spiritually blind and impoverished i need something more of him yeah uh, i want to see him like never before and so my ministry really is for those people who are on that same journey of wanting more right knowing there has to be more well what is it um my like ministry is
0: not, pants, like the deer that pants after the water brook as it says in psalms right
1: yeah so for example you know my ministry is pretty much met with monumental disinterest uh for the average Christian who just likes to go to church, uh, you know, Sunday morning, pay their two hours of sitting in the pew, listening to the nice sermon that makes them feel good, throw money money into the offering plate, sing a few songs, go home and live their individual Christian lives, and uh, get absorbed with whatever their hobbies are. Right. I mean, that is the majority of Christians today. Um, whether whether it's right or wrong, whether you applaud it or not. And so a, a Christian like that is just disinterested in what I have to offer. On the other hand, the people who are really going after God and the people who uh, know in their bones there has to be more, these are the people who read my work, listen to my podcasts, invite me to conferences and churches and, and, and so forth. So so my ministry is not for everyone. Sure. And, and my feeling is if it was for everyone, it would be mediocre because... <laughs> You know, if if you have a product, just shift it over to the the business world. If you have a product that's for everybody, it's average. <laughs> okay, if that <laughs> I'm out here in the extremes, whether you like that or not, um, there are those of us who want more. We want to go more we want more of the lord and we want to go deeper in him we want to understand the scriptures in ways that bring life and rivet us and captivate us and blow our minds you know this is this is my world and um so you know that really is sort of the the heart uh, answer to your question and yeah. some of the comments you've made
0: well uh praise the lord and uh definitely appreciate you a relaying that here to the listening audience. We're going to start now the, the way the wind down portion of this episode, but not to uh, mitigate it in any way, because you have these codas at the end of the book, 48 laws of spiritual power right. that are very much a part, even though they're not, you know, they're not laws, 49, 50, 51, and so forth. They are equally The content there is equally as important as what's in the 48 laws. Mm -hmm. So you call them codas. They're these extra chapters at the end. Mm -hmm. And the book also has a webpage Mm -hmm. with more chapters and audio teachings (laughs) that go along with the theme of spiritual power. Can you tell us about these extra codas and the audios that are on that supplemental website?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because uh, I've had some readers say I loved your book, read all forty-eight laws, and then when I've probed and said, "Well, what did you think about the codas?" Well, um, I didn't get to those. I didn't see those, or I didn't read those. And what about the website that's mentioned that has more codas and audios? Well, I, I didn't even see that. So for some reason, I think uh, some readers are conditioned that after you read the main chapters, you're done. Right, but I added these codas because they're not exactly laws, but they do address spiritual power in ways that the chapters don't. And the reason why I have extra codas on a supplemental website is because I didn't want the book to be 500 pages long. Um, you know, I wanted <laughs> the it fan to be of readable.
0: The fan of the shor- a fan of the shorter book and smaller chapters. I mean, I, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, so let me just read off real quick the codas that are in the book. So after you get to the 48 laws, uh, you've read all those chapters, all those laws. Then you hit the postlude, straight talk to leaders, all right? And there's a a chapter on that. Then you have Coda 1, the danger of God's power. Let me tell you something. That's probably one of the most important chapters I've ever written. Mm. It's completely counterintuitive especially if you have any charismatic listeners. Um, That's my world. That's what I came out of. Mm. They really should read that. And by the way, I'm still a charismatic, but I'm a post charismatic. So I'm not typical. (laughs) Um, Coda two is called three instruments. Coda three is called when Christian leaders deny the faith. Um, Coda four is called passing the torch. And Coda five is called a Nicodemus moment. And all of those, Codas are, are extremely important, um, and that's why I put them in the book. And then if you go to the supplemental webpage, which is listed, the URL is right there in, in the book. We have Coda 6, which is called Toss Out Your Notes. <laughs> and this is for preachers and teachers. Coda 7 is called Practice Radical Generosity. Uh, Coda 8 is called discouraged by better preachers. Now, this is a word to everybody who ministers, preaches, teaches, whatever. Um, Coda 9 is called stealing, borrowing, and inspiring. And this has to do with stealing sermons and borrowing sermons or being inspired by sermons. And there's a difference. Coda 10, three laws of the harvest. And Coda 11, five must read books. And these would be books I'd recommend after a person has read all the codas, listened to the audios uh, that are on the supplemental page, finished 48 Laws of Spiritual Power in totality. These are five more books to read.
0: Yeah, and um, again, very vital information. I want to draw, just take a quick moment to draw out a nugget that's in that first coda that you mentioned. The earth does not need more outwardly powerful people it needs inwardly transformed people. Mm-hmm. And listen, folks, um, if you've caught on to anything in this episode of the podcast, and it's certainly my hope that you've caught on to many things or multiple things, um, if there's one thing that has been of emphasis, it is that Christ is looking to radically transform us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is the essence of all of Brother Frank's books, including 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. You mentioned earlier, you kind of gave a hint, you dropped the line about a dream (laughs) team, okay? And I've got to ask you some questions. I actually have three questions and then we'll make the show a wrap here today. Okay. I'll I'll ask them in succession. I'll ask one, you give an answer and then I'll ask the second one and so forth. What, I, I got three questions about your vision for a ministry dream team. And here they are. Number one, if and when your dream team comes together, what are some
1: of the things that you would be doing? I love this question because, you know, as Christians, we can dream. And I've had a dream in my heart a long time for a ministry dream team, Uh, almost like a super group, you know, when you (laughs) uh, listen to music. But it's an I have a folder. team of sorts, right? Yeah, exactly. All star. Yeah, however you want to put it. But a team of peers that are standing arm in arm and doing the Lord's work together. Um, I have a folder in my study called the Dream Team. And I, I just pulled out the sheet. Uh, here are some of the components of what we would do together. We would have a website, one website where we would all contribute uh, articles, audios, promote conferences. Uh, secondly, we would promote conferences and we would speak in those conferences together. Mm. So it wouldn't be a solo act. It would be a team doing it together. And our target would be serious followers of Jesus Christ in their twenties, thirties and forties. Now it would be open to all. So we'd have older folks and we'd have younger folks, but the main target would be the twenties, thirties and forties who are really serious about the Lord. Um, we would establish kingdom cells. Uh, two, four, eight, and 12 people. These would be the seeds of the insurgents. I talk about kingdom cells in the book, Insurgents. Uh, we would have in person meetings where we would have prayer and fellowship. So if we're all living in different states, we'd get on a plane, we'd descend in some hotel, and we'd spend three, four days together praying, strategizing, brainstorming, uh, writing messages together, things of that nature. Um, then we would peer review each other's articles and books in the spirit of the inklings uh that Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were part of mm. um and um we would also have some vacation times where we'd bring our spouses and maybe go on a cruise a 7-day cruise <laughs> and have fellowship and also we'd you know discuss the work of the lord in settings like that we would co-author books mm. I mean, just think of, uh, for your listening audience, some of your, three of your favorite authors, Christian authors, imagine them writing a book together. Wow. Imagine them speaking at conferences together. Yeah. You know, imagine imagine them having this close-knit relationship where they're locking arms and standing, you know, in unity, uh, doing God's work together. That's what it is. And basically, we would cause a ruckus. We would cause an upheaval and an eruption. Well, isn't uh,
0: that kind of what the New Testament church did, or what they were?
1: <laughs> yeah, and you had you had men co working together.
0: Yeah, yeah. You well, had, there were lots of ruckuses. Let me tell you exactly. You I mean, get that and, picture and you, in the beginning of Acts, where in the Sanhedrin had Peter and John, and oh boy.
1: Well, exactly. And to use the King James language, we would cause no small stir. <laughs> uh, it would. Yeah, it, it would, be, it would be great. And so it's a vision that is burned in my heart for a long time. I have an article called uh, a, a, My Vision for a Ministry Dream Team. So it's out there. It's out there. And um, I give specific instructions on how people can use it to help put this dream team together. So, so yeah, I'm glad you asked me that question. You say you had two more.
0: Yes, I do. And the next one, number two, would be... I understand that there was an article that came out when you put out your breakthrough book, Insurgents, Reclaiming of the Gospel. We've already alluded to it, and it came that book came out in 2018. Do you think readers of the article have been using it the way it was intended or the way it was designed, which is to pass it on to people who fit the criteria at the end of the article?
1: The answer to that question is no, I don't think it has been used the way it was designed. Mm. Um, Just so your listeners know, although I have this vision of a ministry dream team, I have never felt the liberty in the Lord to try to put it together directly myself. Uh. Instead... The liberty I have is to put out the word about it, which I'm doing in this podcast. I've done it in other podcasts. And also, there's an article on my blog called, or my website called, uh, My Vision of a Ministry Dream Team. And it's a short article, but it explains the vision, all right, which I kind of outlined with you not long ago. But at the very end, it says, here's how to use it. If you can think of someone who you would consider to be my peer, all right, Um, then give this article to them because it explains how that person can reach me. Hmm. And, you know, the idea would be uh, various people would be led of the Lord to give it to certain people who would be true peers of mine Hmm. and say, hey, I think you'd be a perfect fit for Viola's ministry dream team. Please read this article. And if you agree with me, you resonate with that, go ahead and reach out to them. And I'm very accessible, okay, uh, especially for this, something like this. Yeah, yeah. And um, so tell you one what, of my just
0: real quickly, Frank. Yes, I mean, you are very accessible. I mean, you have gotten back to me uh by email and messaging, and also there have been a number of other folks that have also testified to that. So I definitely appreciate that.
1: Yeah, thank you. So yeah, I, I don't think it's been used that way. I don't know why. I I would think. I would think someone who's invested in the Lord's work and they've really caught on uh, to, to what I have put out, my contribution, and are in line with it and have been helped by it, would really want to see such a team come to pass and would have people in mind that they would want to do or that they would want to see on this team. Now, one of the caveats, and I mentioned this in the article, Ollie, is that some of my peers are not accessible, but you can still get to them. By going to their website, talking to their secretary or even going to their publishers and saying, you know, hey, uh, you have this author. Uh, I want to give this article to them and I want them to see my email because, you know, it's coming from me, a reader. Hey, I think you'd be a good fit for this. Please pass it on to whoever it is, you know, Joe Scalabiep, whoever the author is, and they can go to the publisher and the publisher will give it to them if they're inaccessible.
0: Okay. Well, that's all exciting stuff. I can't wait to see what or how the Lord is going to work in that in the coming in the coming days. I can't wait to to hear about it.
1: Me too. Are you
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, I would imagine so.
1: But are you willing
0: to give. And and if not, it's okay. But I'm just, you know, I'm like a kid in a candy store now. All <laughs> okay. right? Are you willing to give us one name beyond all others that you would have, have suggested would be a good fit for your ministry j- dream team?
1: Okay. So here's the answer to that. Um, some years ago, I when I had this vision and I put it, I, I've had it for a long time, Holly, but when I Uh, put it in public form and I put it out on my podcast and I put it out in that article, a vision uh, for a ministry dream team. I said to my readers uh, at one point, I said, I'm curious who you think would be a good fit to be part of this dream team. Mm. All right. So we got a lot of names. Now they were all, uh, all of the responses were anonymous. We didn't, I didn't show it publicly. It was just for me. And one name kept coming up over and over and over and over and over, and over again <laughs> and mm-hmm. over again. Now, I'm not going to mention the person's name. And and if you can guess, please don't mention it because I don't feel comfortable.
0: I will admit uh, I can't guess. And I don't <laughs> want to even presume that I could guess. Well, you could probably guess. I would guess probably be dead wrong.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And, and even if you, if you can, I would appreciate it if you didn't because um, I just want uh you know this to be anonymous however if there's somebody listening and they say of course i know who he's talking about and he would be perfect then they they have my blessing uh to reach out to this person i know other people have at least they've told me they have uh but i haven't heard from them yet yeah. uh but this is an individual it's a it's a male he used to be a mega church pastor Uh, He stepped down from that position a number of years ago, and he began teaching on the New Testament church. And over the years, Ollie, I have received countless emails saying, you two need to meet. He's reading from the same script as your earlier books on radical church restoration. Do you know each other? Et cetera, et cetera. You guys have to get together. And I've always responded the same way. I said, look, I'm fully accessible. If he wants to reach out to me, I'm—I mean, it's easy to reach me. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm happy. I'm more than happy to respond. I'm more than happy to meet him. But as of this recording, so far, I've not heard from him. I say all that because if there's anybody listening who says, "Yeah, I think I know who this is," and I agree, feel free to reach out to them. And if I hear from this person, I certainly will respond.
0: Well, and I now after you uh, mentioning kind of some ins and outs or some nuts and bolts about the situation and about this individual, I now might have an idea of who it is. But I promise you, my lips are sealed. And, um, you know, I've heard you oftentimes say, out of the abundance of one's social media feed, the mouth speaks. I'm not posting anything. I'm not going to say anything. In fact, yeah, but I've I mean a if, hate relationship with social media anyway so I no, mean.
1: I understand and and again, I I don't want people to think, oh well, that means that he doesn't want this person to be approached I mean the oh, the God. whole reason why I put out this article is for God's people mm-hmm. to make the connections they feel, Uh, align with this vision? And I'm just answering the question. Most of the people who answered my survey, they kept bringing up his name. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, if, if, uh, if he reaches out to me or anybody else who's a peer who fits the criteria, there is criteria at the end of that article. There's like three things, boom, boom, boom. If they fit this criteria, here's my contact information, send the article to them. If they resonate, I'm accessible. So that's basically the gist of it. But it's really in the Lord's hands if this is going to happen. I am not somebody who feels uh, at liberty or peace to try to make it happen. So I'm not recruiting people. But if one person reaches out to me who does, in fact, fit the criteria, we meet, we get together, we see that it's a good thing. We both want to do it. At that point, both of us will probably re- recruit the other members. <laughs>
0: yeah, gotcha. And as Frank mentions, this whole concept of a ministry dream team, I, I, you know, I couldn't help but to think back number of years ago in the NBA, they assembled a dream team that went to the Olympics, mm. 12 of the best basketball players to have ever played. Mm. I am going to be in prayer, brother, that spiritually speaking, this dream Mm. team that you're looking to assemble will blow that dream team out of the water. Mm. Okay. Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and Akeem Olajuwon could play basketball real well. And they blew everybody away that they played in the Olympics. But man, there's nothing like the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And man, if there is a movement, if there is ever a time for the situation to be for for the situation to be as ripe as it is now mm-hmm. man the time is now i just can't wait to hear reports about this ministry dream team you're looking to assemble
1: yeah. well thank you brother I, I appreciate that and again you know it's in the lord's hands so prayer is prayer is the way to go and action. If someone you know resonates with that article and they know somebody or can think of somebody, they may not know them personally. They probably won't uh, who fits the, fits the bill. Then um, yeah, I hope they pass it on to them and let's see what the Holy spirit does.
0: Well, amen brother. Well, Frank, um, I have never met you personally. We have never met each other, but uh, I feel as though, especially after our time here And from reading your works, I I, I feel like we grew up together. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's um, been a blessing. And uh, for those that have uh, listened uh, to these uh, episodes of the podcast, I greatly encourage you to share it with your peeps, uh, friends, family, neighbors, uh, people that you don't even know. Just share it because Mm. this information, uh, the content um, in this book in particular, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power could really change their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's written primarily uh, for those that are seeking something uh, way beyond, uh, for for Christians especially, but it's really for anybody. And it's a very powerful book. You can go to Frank Viola's website. Uh, Frank, if you want to point people there, feel free. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's just frankviola.org. And then also, if they want to check out that particular book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power, test drive it, sample it, uh, listen to some more interviews about it. They can go to 48laws, that's 48, the numbers, laws.com, and it'll take them to the site.
0: Mm, well, thank you so much. And um, you have 100 uh, books on your website, the 100 books that you would recommend the bo- uh, recommend the most. Uh, Yes. Top 100, if you will. Well, if I had a top 100, I don't think I have quite that many, but certainly this book is near the top of the list, as well as many of your other works. Frank, thanks so much for being on Keeping It Real again uh, today. And I hope that we get a chance to do this up again sometime.
1: I'd love to. It's been my honor. Thanks so much, brother.